Good day, my friends. It's Sean Vig with the brand new named Sean Vig Podcast. So whenever you're searching for this podcast, type in my name and podcast and it will come up for you. I am actually doing, this is a first for me, I'm doing a podcast with my guest who's sitting right next to me. Usually they're many states away or an ocean away or across over in Europe. Today I want to bring on my, she's a friend of mine, a friend, and she's my massage therapist, and she is a client. Uh, welcome, Angela Ryan. Hi, Sean. Thanks for having me. And we are actually sitting here in this kind of a holy room in a way. This is We're in your massage room <laughs> where I get to come in here about once a week for a 90-minute massage because I train you, and then I get massage in return. And we thought we'd do an impromptu, pretty much impromptu podcast, talk to her a little bit about massage and the benefits and see what else pops up. So, Angela, uh, you and I are both from Wisconsin, right? Yes. I think the first conversation we ever had was that we are from that beautiful state. And since then, we started a dialogue and we started working together. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get into doing massage therapy? Oh, I don't think I've ever shared this with you. You do have you, Do you hour. have an hour? One, I have five minutes. Okay. So um, it all stemmed from the North Fork Volunteer Fire Department. After the Hammond Fire, they talked me into becoming an EMT basic. And then we're going to fast forward. My daughter was born premature. And to be able to stay home with her, I decided I could stay and take care of my, my husband's grandmother. And her, his parents paid for me to take care of her so I could stay home. And because I had that EMT background, is why I thought I could do it. And then we had, um, towards the end of her life, hospice came in and the nurses were phenomenal and they told me that I would be a great nurse. So I became a certified nurse's aide to see if I wanted to be a nurse. And then I found out I didn't want to be a nurse and looked into physical therapy. And I'm not crazy about the politics and everything that go on in the hospitals and everything mm -hmm. of that sort. So I learned through research that massage, I could do just as much as a physical therapist can do and give my clients the amount of time that they needed focusing on the entire body versus just compartmentalizing. So that's how I ended up on I, I did not know that. I don't think I knew that story. Yeah. And when I come in here to get a massage, we chat all the time. <laughs> yes. Because you're, you're more interesting than I am, so we talk about you. Well, not all the time. <laughs> we we bounce all over the place. That's a good question, actually. I want to veer off on that because I come in here 90 minutes. We chat most of the time. How do you deal with somebody that comes in? Uh, what if they want to talk? What if they don't want to talk? What if they talk too much? What do you do? I usually let them lead that because sometimes the talking can be therapeutic for them. Um, if they have something going on you know they'll I mean people share a lot of personal things with me which I will not share with you um, and, and it's and that's that's very therapeutic and heal, healing for them so they can get get it off of their chest no I am NOT a counselor I don't advise people um, but I do listen and I'm really good at listening and just let it go out the other ear you know because a lot of times they'll come back and talk to me and think that I should know what they're talking about but I don't always Mm -hmm. Do you, so it's it's good for them to be therapeutic. So it's it's true. But with me, sometimes when I had my last massage, 
we were talking about something, or I was gabbing away, and you, you kept saying I was puffing myself up. Remember that? Yes. I said, Sean, relax, you're puffing. I, I don't I was talking about something, but did that affect, how did that affect the massage? If I Did I tense up? Yes, yes. So you were, so when you were taking, I, I remember, um, when you were taking your breaths, and it's hard for me, for you people out there to see what's going on, but you would like raise up your shoulders and your, your pecs would actually <laughs> tighten up. But it wasn't like a, like a super hypertonic puff. It was just enough that it blocked me that I could not, um, I couldn't do anything with your muscles. I was puffing up. You were puffing up. But it was a good lesson. I, I don't remember what we were talking about. That doesn't matter. But I made a mental note. Next time I come in for a massage, I'm going to relax a lot more. And maybe take, if I can do this, take certain periods where I'm not talking. I don't know if that's possible because you and I gab about a whole bunch of things in the room. When you have a client, what is and you ask them, what area do you need to have worked on the most? What is the most common area that people mention? Well, the two things that most people tell me is I carry all of my stress in my neck and I have a knot right here. And they'll put their hand wherever. Mm -hmm. um, there are no knots in our bodies. I don't know if I've shared my vision when I hear that from people. I want someone to paint a picture for me because I visualize the muscle man with a bunch of little elves running around and tying knots in their myofibrils. Um, so there's, there's actually ischemic points or adhesions. You know, that's typically what that knot is that people feel. So people will talk about their knots and they will talk about where they carry their stress, which is usually in the neck or the low back and my advice is always let it go you know why are you holding it there <laughs> mm -hmm. that's so. very true do you have a, a certain style that is your favorite certain style of massage well my focus is on structure and um, pain uh, like chronic pain rehabilitation kind of work so I utilize many different tools I do deep tissue neuromuscular joint mobilization, fascial work, a little bit of Swedish for warming up tissues. Um, and I kind of, as I feel the body and, and feel what's going on, that's how I determine what I'm going to do with each client because everybody's different. Mm -hmm. And I, I said this when I first came in, and I've heard other people say it too. They come in, you say, what kind of massage do you want? And they say, I want a deep tissue. And what do you say to that? I ask them, what do, they, what do you mean by a deep tissue massage? Because a lot of people think of deep tissue massage as pain. They think the more pain I give them, the deeper I'm going, which is actually not true. Because as I'm working on someone, if you're above a five on a pain scale of 10, your muscles have now tensed up, which means I cannot get through your tissues. I can get to somebody's bone, which is as deep as I can go without giving them pain. So uh, deep tissue is actually, you know, the, the basic description of it is working from your superficial muscles down to your deepest muscles and then coming back out from the deep to the superficial repatterning and um, letting the muscles know where they belong. Very good. And that's, what do you say, melt down to the bone? Yes, I melt to the bone. Did but you... I go through your breath and, and through, you know, the, the heat of... The, two, the connection of my body to you, I mean, my hands to your body, mm -hmm. you know, so 
that's how I get down into the bones. It's rather than pushing and pressing through, which is what causes pain. So how important is the breath of the client in a massage? Well, it's important for everybody to breathe. But how, how important in the actual massage? If you're working on somebody, how important is it? And are most people very successful at their breath during the massage? I will be honest, I don't promote you have to breathe. I mean, if, if I see that people are tensing up and they're not breathing, mm -hmm. then I ask them to breathe. Um, I have clients that come in who have been taught to breathe through other massage therapists, and I let them breathe however they want to breathe as long as I can get in and do the work that I need to do. So breath is very important, but I don't teach people how to do it. Well, it is. Yeah, it's rather broad sometimes also. Yeah. And if you get somebody, they might overthink it, and exactly. then they'll tense up. I'm not breathing right. Oh, Angela's mad at me. She's going to get the T-bone. T-bar. T-bone. <laughs> no steak this week. Next week, maybe. What's, what's the T-bar? I'm looking at them right now on the your shelf. The T-bars are tools that I use during um, neuromuscular work. It helps me get in closer to the tissue. Or, you know, so, like, when I scroll through your spine, a lot of times people think it's my fingers, but it's those tool, tools that I use because I can get into it closer. Um, they're very direct. When I find an actual trigger point that I can, you know, hold it down on there. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it's less work on my fingers. It, it gives my fingers a break. Oh, and back to the um, trigger points. One of the things I hear from a lot of people is that they have trigger points. And to them, it's um, if I press on their, in a sp certain spot, it hurts. And that to me is not a trigger point. That's typically an ischemic point, which is myofibrils that are um, contracted and you're not getting the fluids through that should be going through. And what's a myofibril? A myofibril is a very small part of your, your muscle. So you've got myofibrils that are wrapped together and then those are bundled together and that ultimately becomes the muscle. Mm -hmm. uh, but to me, a trigger point is where you press in one place and then you feel pain or some other sensation, or sometimes it's even a motor movement in a different place in your body. So hence trigger. So I touch here and it triggers something over there. That's amazing. So. I think my last massage, you were working, I think an area on my leg and I kept feeling it in my stomach, in my abdominal muscles. I love when that kind of stuff happens. It kind of reflects onto another area of your body it transfers I explain that at a moment say um, i'm having trouble with my shoulder and sometimes it, it's not even what's going on with your shoulder it's it's coming from another part of your body right so a lot of times when people come in they'll talk about um their back hurts the back of their neck hurts um and it this i always before i state what i'm gonna say um I always palpate and I look at the person's posturing, you know, and I confirm through palpation before I say this is what the problem is. But a lot of times the pain from the back is coming from the front. So if you have back neck pain um, or posterior neck pain, you're a lot of times you, so your pecs are short and it's pulling your shoulders forward. Um, a lot of times it's because your subscapularis and your um, serratus anterior are adhered together. That's pulling the shoulder forward. 
So now your back muscles, which are your um, muscles that are trying to keep you up against gravity, are being pulled forward. So they're trying to hold you up, so they're contracting, and now they're becoming eccentrically contracted, which means they're stretched, contracting, and of course they're gonna hurt. So if I relax the front muscles, now those back muscles can relax and let go and be where they're supposed to be and hold you up against gravity. And we talked about that a couple weeks ago because I remember off and on for a while I was having little pains in my back. I talked about it in some of my videos too. Upper back, rhomboids, lower back, it would come and go. And I came in here and you said, no, it's not the back. It's it's the, the shoulders. For one, my posture. I was doing the one thing I always preach against is the rolling shoulders forward. In my moments of not teaching or filming, it was happening. Like when the camera's on or I'm in front of a class great posture. And then all of a sudden I get in my car and I roll forward. And I think in massage too, and I've always thought this, you don't think so much about working the front, like the chest as much. I'm, I'm touching myself right now up here, <laughs> uh, but it's okay. It's, it, this is a massage therapy room. I'm rubbing my, my upper pec, but you, as you said, most people come in and say, I want my shoulders, neck and back. And they're not thinking about the front of your body. So you did some attachment work up here, I believe yes. in my chest, right? Yes. yes. Yes, because when I work on, so people will come in and say they want a full body deep tissue. I was taught that it takes about 22 hours to do a full body deep tissue, so it's not possible. Have you ever done one of those? Oh, heck no. Be like an all, all nighter, <laughs> all day? No, I'd be, I'd be quite tired. Uh-huh. So and would that, the client. That would be, be overstimulating <laughs> to any client, too. I Rarely do I do a two-hour massage, and that's the longest that I would typically do. Um, but with the attachment work, if I go in and scrub the attachments of your muscles, that usually relaxes the muscle itself. So if I scrub there, then I know that the muscle's kind of letting go. And you say scrub, is that? So I rub. Rub, scrub. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, um, is, is rubbing. So, I wish so you not, could no, say, no, I'm, I'm I'm this isn't a video podcast because no. we're, we're doing all these hand gestures. <laughs> I'm rubbing my chest. You're moving your so, arms so in the air. So you're comes you know your, your muscle comes in and it attaches to a bone so that it can move the bone mm -hmm. so I will go in I will place my fingers on that attachment of the muscle and I will move you know sometimes I'll just let my finger melt into it sometimes I'll actually do friction friction across it I'm trying to explain what I'm doing well, I see. If you're, so, uh, and you're moving the arm. You, you press into the attachment, and then you move the arm around. Sometimes I do. Uh, sometimes mm -hmm. I don't. Sometimes I will do, you know, I'll do movement of my hand to relax it. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah, that was a revelation for me. You think you know a lot, but sometimes you, I go on automatic pilot. And as I said, I, I wasn't aware of my posture. Like right now, I'm rolling my shoulders back and down, but I was putting pressure on my back and I was rolling my shoulders forward and I was not aligned, but I think it's great for the instructors to have these revelations as well. Yes. So a segue for you then, because how many massages do you do a week usually? Um, anywhere from 16 to 20 hours physically. Mm -hmm. um, 20 hours is my max so that I don't burn out. Okay. I was going to ask, how do you avoid not burning out? We've discussed this before. Uh, do you get massage very often? I do. I try my very best to make sure that I get a massage at least once a month. Um, I will be honest, 
lately I've not gotten into my massage therapist, but because I am a massage therapist, I know how to work on myself to make sure that I'm not rolling forward. So if I can't get in, I work on all of my anterior muscles because I can, and that's usually what would cause my back pain. So it works. Okay, so you're able to do maintenance on yourself. Yes. Do you do that daily? How often do you do that? Oh, daily. Like in between clients? Mm -hmm. Yes. I'll I'll do stretches and... I'll do a little bit of, the again, the attachment work, because if I do the attachments, it's going to relax me. And when you're giving massage, where what muscles do you use the most? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, probably my legs. Legs. And do you have a system, because you're going all around the table, everybody's a different size, different work on different people. How do you keep the wear and tear on yourself to a minimum? Well, again, it's so the reason I use more leg muscles is because I do body weight. Uh, most So a lot of people come up to me and say, gosh, your hands must get really tired and really sore. And I don't use my hands a lot. So if, as long as I'm using my body weight, doing, um, you know, uh, see now you're the exercise guy, so not necessarily Trouble squats. Um, but it, it's, all, it's all in my, um, my body mechanics. You know, the way I move around the table, dropping my weight in. Um, and with that, for the different body sizes, you know, if, if it's a smaller person, I'm going to squat down a little bit lower to be able to drop my weight into the body, into their body. Mm-hmm. It, Does that make sense? Yes. Well, it's all distances and, and uh, angles of the person. Uh, right. Were you, did you have to self-learn a lot of that or was that taught to you in school? In school, they taught us Tai Chi. To do our body mechanics with. Tai Chi? Yes. Okay. And has so, that helped you? Yes. But what else is helping you? I had mentioned in the opening of this podcast that you have been training with me also for about two months, you think? Three months? Yes. And we just finished a session. We've been doing mainly yoga, some Pilates. Mm-hmm. I always want to. And the yoga, the yoga does help. So, how, how is that helping? Because, you know, so I'm catching myself with my scapulas. I'm like, ooh, I need to drop my scapulas because Sean's always telling me to drop my scapulas. Well, I say um, shoulders, but you're more technical no, than I am. You, you have, <laughs> but you're getting better at being technical. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I'm now finding myself, you know, uh, forming my poses better because of the fact that, you know, I've, I've been, I'm coming up on my 10-year anniversary next year as far as graduating from massage. So I've not had people watching my mechanics to make sure that I'm still doing them correctly. Mm-hmm. So it's great having you work with me to make sure that I'm doing the proper mechanics. And, I mean, we all have our faces in the cradle, the face cradle. I don't see, I see your feet sometimes. Or if I'm on the back, I'm my eyes are closed. So I, it's amazing. There's a visual in my head when you're doing a massage, but I really don't watch what you're doing in my classes working with you one-on-one or in my classes I'm always watching people but that was the goal because we talked about I'm like hey Angela let's get you out in the weight room and do all these weights and battle ropes and burpees <laughs> like no what did you say you told me I want stretching and flexibility stretching and and some core and, work and, and to work with my mechanics mm-hmm. to keep me I need to keep me in good condition so I can continue to keep others in good condition I think the same way also. And, and have you noticed a lot more awareness in your body oh, yes. since training with me? New awareness. Yes. Had you ever done any 
yoga or Pilates before? You train with me? Uh, or are you no. all power lifting? <laughs> I don't exercise. Come on. <laughs> Wrap up he, your knees. He's, and... he's making me be honest with everyone. Uh-huh. No, um, no, and not, never with, not, never with somebody. One on one. Okay. I've gone. I've, I have the DVDs and the, you know, YouTube stuff. But my whole reason to come to you was because I wanted you to watch my mechanics and make sure that I'm doing everything correctly. You know, because that comes along with the whole structure thing that I've talked to you about. You know, for me to do the exercise, I need to make sure that my structure is in alignment and then make sure that I am, you know, tracking properly. And that's what I need from you is to make sure that I'm tracking. Absolutely. When we first started, remember, we do a lot of lunges. We still do lunges. But your knee, your front knee would move inward a lot. And that's a big one in my live classes, too, is I walk down the line and I'm like, put your knee out, put your knee out. Because you start doing things with the upper body also. You start adding things to the lunge and your foundation suffers. So that's something we worked on. But lately, I don't have to correct that on you anymore. That's because I'm good. You're good? Well, you're aware of your body. (laughs) And I say it behooves me to keep you healthy for my own massages, but also at least half of my clients from here at Nick's Pro Fitness come to see you. We can't say any names, though. No. Just me. I can only mention me. Correct. But we're one big happy fitness family here. And <laughs> um, Good. So we've been training for about two or three months. We just got done with the session, and we'll, we'll, we'll keep doing that. And there was one other question I wanted to ask. I asked you this actually before the podcast, and you repeated it, which means it's a very good question. Whenever someone asks you a question and you repeat, either you're stalling for time or you're, you're in awe of the complexity of the question. But I have it written down here. I said, Angela, what can a client do for the best massage experience? So, yeah, it, it, it is a great question. Um, a, good, a good night's sleep would be good. Um, hydrating your body. I'm not one that says, you know, drink this much water. I suggest drinking when you're thirsty because your body knows when you need to drink. But if someone comes in and they are dehydrated, that's actually worse than the someone coming in who is very hypertonic because I cannot, I can't, I can barely get through just the skin layer because it's so tight. It, feels to me it feels like a a drum skin and and to try and work through a drum skin to give you um, the results that you're wanting is very hard so sleep hydration um, try not to get a, a ton of caffeine in you you know and if you do drink that much more water in your day um, you know and just, just you know you, I don't know I think that's all I got for Being now. comfortable, probably, in yeah. release. A uh, big reason I asked that. It's a good question anyway, but it, it was a couple months ago. I had I worked out. I usually do that. I come to the gym, like, oh, I'm going to see Angela. So I'm going to do a 30-minute workout. I'll come in all warmed up and stinky. No, I, I don't smell. I smell like, like axe. Axe and speed stick. <laughs> but I was I did a pretty intense circuit, wor- circuit training workout, and I came in here and... 
Oh, you said I was dehydrated. First time ever, I was dehydrated. You could feel it in my muscles. So I kept having you hand me my water bottle. Could it work that fast, though, or does it take a little longer for the water to get into my system to actually release the drum skin? I... I would be making up an answer if I answered. That is, it's, I know. I, yeah, I don't. I can't answer. We'll have that. to Google we'll have to look that. at it. Yep, that, we'll that's to. a good question because <laughs> I did. I felt dehydrated and it was a little more difficult because we never had that problem before. So that's a very good reason to be hydrated. And I would say be relaxed. You, you have a yes. very relaxing environment. As you said, you go off of them not only what they want but also how they're talking, if right. they want to talk. I know my wife comes in can i say that that's between you two <laughs> i cannot say it i'm gonna say my, i have to follow hippo anyway my wa- it, well on. let me put it this way my wife when she gets a massage she doesn't talk doesn't talk at all so i'm i'm you and i are pretty talkative uh so but that kind of relaxes me a little bit i don't know maybe next time we'll try me being a little more more calm well we tried that on the last one okay didn't work. It felt weird. I felt like you were <laughs> uncomfortable, and I felt uncomfortable. I was not uncomfortable, but I felt your discomfort. Um, so another another thing to make a good massage is also to be willing to ask questions and tell your massage therapist what you're thinking and feeling. Not so much that you have to talk through it, but if something hurts, tell your massage therapist it hurts, or if you're hot, you know, if mm-hmm. the temperature's not right. You know, if a massage therapist doesn't know that they're doing something that you don't like, they can't correct it or change it. So a lot of people will go to a massage therapist and leave and say that was awful and never come back. So the massage therapist can't make changes if they're willing to make changes if they don't know that they need to make a change. And they might be timid. Right. So, So I have a client whose daughter, she's like, oh. I, I, she got her daughter a gift certificate, and the daughter came in, she had the massage, she said it was great, and she left. Well, then I've never seen the daughter, and I, I talked to the mom, and she's like, yeah, she she didn't like that, that chopping thing. So what she's talking about is the tapotement, which in a, yeah, so the crowd. Uh, that's, that's what they always the show crud. in movies and television. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So had she said, you know, that hurts or I don't like it, I could have stopped. And she she still has not come back, That's which too is bad. okay. I've seen her. We get a we're you know we're yeah. still good friends, and I would never hold you know we don't hold it against yeah. each other. But how does anyone correct anything if they're not told mm-hmm. that and they don't like something? She might have people get nervous, like oh I don't want to say anything because they're right. obviously a professional. I'm not. I've had I've had a lot of massages since I was about twenty three. I'm forty four now. And that's old. I, you didn't even hear but what I said. It was forty dead. something. Yeah, I got you. Couple <laughs> years. Couple, uh, couple years. And I, I've had a couple massages that I did not like very well. And I was very open. I remember one. It was back in Minnesota, and I kept telling her. I said, you know, you can you can add a little more oomph to it, a little more pressure, because it was. I'm putting my fingers up in front of the phone right now, like little kneading. It wasn't. I came in for a full body one. And after I mentioned about three times, and I realized I I don't know if she can do that, so I I let it drop. But I never wanted to go back to her anymore. Right. So on the same, on the other well, flip of the coin, is all about connection, you know. So, as you know, I taught at the massage school, and I did the evaluations for the students there doing deep tissue and also Swedish, 
and to evaluate them, they had to work on me. And that was the biggest thing that I worked with them if, you know, if I couldn't feel it, you know, or if it just felt annoying, I would show them, you know, how to connect to the body, you know, because it's not just touching the body. You know, it's actually, you know, most often it's my fascia is connected to your fascia and moving things around. And, you know, and you can breathe with your client. That brings in a connection as well. There's a rhythm. There is, yeah. It's it's not just, I mean, people are like, okay, I'm here, give me a rub down. It's not not about a rub down. It's actually about connecting to the tissues and, and, you know, and almost being one. Mm -hmm. A rub down, that term, I used to hear that. It comes from the 1950s where they put, was it liniment on you or rubbing alcohol, something, and just rub you. Yeah, that's before my time. That's probably before your time because you're only a couple years older than me. But I've, I've, I love old movies and you watch movies about boxers and they get the rub down either before or after and they put all the liquid heat on you. Do you ever use liquid heat? No. What about BioFreeze? No. I have some of that at home. I don't know if I've ever even I, used I don't, it. I, I don't care for that. It's, it's chemicals. And, you know, if people put it on, they choose they like it, and it works great for them. That's wonderful, but I don't wish to put it on my hands to put on them. Mm-hmm. It burns um, a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. I don't use it. It's Liquid too heat. much chemicals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I use salves, and I use lotions, and I'll use the essential oils. Yeah. Okay, so kind of wrapping up here, we talked about massage and working with different people and also you were training you're training with me doing yoga and pilates and how that how that affects your massage what would you say to somebody who comes to you and says why should i have a massage and why should i have a massage with you what what would you say to them well i would so i my question to people are what is it that you're looking for what kind of work are you wanting um you know if they want i just want deep tissue i go into the question of what is deep tissue to you and if, you know, they're just wanting pressure and they want pain, I'll refer them out. I know some people that will hurt them if that's what they want. I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. They're not going to intentionally hurt them. <laughs> but I do know people that will give them more pressure. Um, I'm looking for people that, you know, they, if they're looking for structure work, you know, if they're looking for therapeutic massage, those are the people that I would I would work with. You know, are you in chronic pain? Do you need you know, something removed that you've had for a long time, not necessarily removed, but my words are not quite right. Um, It's a matter of what is it that you're looking for and can I do it? And Mm -hmm. then I would explain, I would explain to them what their specific ailment is, what I can do, and then see if we also have, you know, um, a connection of the mind, you know, theory, you know, it's it's easier when I have a person with me that says, "Why why should I work?" It's nice. It's I've a never very had that question. It's well, it's a very personal experience. It is. They come in, and everyone, as we said, have have uh, different ideas if they've never done it before, or if they have had massage before. They all have a different idea of what it should be like for them, right. and then trying to get that rhythm together with you, on a physical and mental level what are the main benefits of getting regular massage work it's function function you sound like me i I talk about function all the time but function of of your of your whole body so i i promote monthly massage and i price myself so people can come in monthly 
because you know we sit I mean that that's what most of our society I'm not I shouldn't say everybody but most people sit at a desk most people sit in a car all day mm-hmm. you know and those your muscles need to be relaxed and lengthened so that you're getting pop, proper function in your body you know if you're sitting everything's getting short and staying short so your front is short your back is long you're not in proper alignments you know so it's very important to get muscle have you noticed you've been almost 10 years now massage therapist yes. have you noticed over those 10 years your clients sitting more and more no because they've been sitting for the last 10 years mm-hmm. What about cell phone? Cell phone use. Have you noticed? Oh, that's an, job security. An uptick. I I say <laughs> it's gold for myself too. Yeah. Uh, the cell phone posture, the yes. rounded. We were talking about rounded shoulders. What it does to your eyes and your face, and how it tenses up your body. Looking at a small screen. Right. And it, and it's it not only so it, it's pulling you forward. Everything's shortened, but it's also affecting your whole nervous system and your brain. Because you're no longer standing up against gravity. Every inch your head, your head is forward, I believe it's like 10 pounds, is added to the weight on your neck. So there is a lot more degenerative stuff going on in the neck. Is it degeneration or is it from you know, doing that posture for too long? And that affects not just the neck. Leaning forward affects all the way down the spinal column, right. doesn't well, it? Into yeah. the back, into the but, lower back. But here's, here's the biggest thing is people don't realize that, you know, when you're standing up straight, um, your body's firing messages through your cerebellum up to your brain. But if you're not standing up straight, then your brain's not being, it's not being fired. You're cutting it off. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's why some schools are starting to have the standing desks for, for students because they're learning better standing up versus sitting down. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a whole another round and probably well, another podcast. Yeah, a whole podcast about cell phone and mobile devices and the posture. One more thing about that is what I noticed, if you see somebody from a distance, if they're sitting down and they're hunched over on their phone, if this was 20 or 30 or 40 years ago before there were cell phones, that posture, the signal of that posture is usually sadness. Yes. If somebody's sad, they, you know, you, you lean forward, you put your face in your hands, you're hunched over, closed off from the world. You don't want to engage with fear. the outside world. Fear. Because you're, you're hovering and you're protecting your core. Mm-hmm. You're closing off. and But now, you, it's not... I mean, they might be sad, but they're hunched over and there's a device right there in the hands. But I think before all that existed, that's a posture, that's a signal of some kind of sadness or fear. Yes. It, when you grieve, you usually don't stand up straight and tall and grieve, you hunch over. And so that was another... Um, so that can put you in the, you know, I mean, so if it's a fear thing, even sadness, sadness can be kind of, you know, like your, your uh, fight and flight response. So now your body, so you're in that position, and this is just my speculation, it's not fact or, or anything, um, but when you're in the fight and flight, you're releasing all of these natural endorphins into your body as well that normally should not be firing. Yeah, And that's a whole another effect on the body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're, we're sitting here, well, we're in your room, but we're at a gym, and if we walked out into the weight room area, we might see a couple people 
sitting and hunched over. Angela's looking at the clock. So let's wrap this up. It's actually dark outside now. <laughs> By the way, if you hear a little background sound, it's a fan. We cannot turn that off, but this is probably the quietest room in the gym yes. to do a podcast. They were they were blasting Nirvana out in the weight room earlier, <laughs> which is great, but I get some kind of trademark infringement. I like to end these podcasts, Angela. I wrote out about 25 fun questions. Don't worry, I'm not going to ask you all of them. <laughs> I'm going to ask you twice as many. Awesome. I like to ask a couple. They're fun questions. And um, let's see what we have here. All right, Angela, what was your f- uh, favorite subject in school? Hmm. I didn't like school. Speak up a little. What did you? <laughs> well, it wasn't speech class. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> Definitely not English. Uh, I said I didn't like school. So I, I can't. This is in. Gym. Okay, this is in Wisconsin, right? It was Wisconsin and Illinois. Illinois. We, we okay. We moved back and forth. That's right. We always talk about our Midwest connection. Yes. Okay. Um, oh, some of these are... Do you prefer the mountains or the beach? Oh, I want a mountain with a beach at the bottom. But if I had to choose, I love the mountains. You're in the right place then. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've seen the area you live in. You have a lot of mountains. What is your favorite song to sing in the car or shower? <sighs> I'm big on the favorites. I like favorites. I it makes you really whittle it down. So there's a Mercy Me song, um, The Hurt and the Healer. You sing in the car? I sing with it when it plays. I don't sing on my own. Okay, not a cappella. No. All right. One, hey, let's do one more. Since it is December, this is the season... What is your favorite Christmas slash holiday film? Ooh. We may have talked about this in a massage. If you said song, I could answer that. Well, one. what's your favorite song? So I like um, The Little Drummer Boy. Sung by who? That's too much. For me, <laughs> I would say the version from the Charlie Brown Christmas special. That's really pretty. Yeah. Or Harry Connick Jr. Yeah, I like. I just like to hear it. I don't care who's singing. I'm going to have that stuck in my head now. So no no uh, Christmas film? No. Or or I'm animated not. special? Uh, so should I go with Charlie Brown? <laughs> Whatever you want. I don't <laughs> want to pressure anybody into saying what their favorite oh, Christmas no, movie is. You know what? I like Rudolph. Yeah, the that's car- a good one. The cartoon animated. The uh, animated one from the... Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes, from way back when we were young. Yeah, that's... Those are so trippy also when you watch those now. They are... There's so much ima- wild. It. No, they're fun. There's so much imagination. There's the Bumble and there's the Island of Misfit <laughs> Toys, and Santa's going to cancel Christmas because of a snowstorm. I mean, yeah. <laughs> great. Well, Angela, this has been great. It's my fir- as I said, my first podcast. Actually, sitting with the person tomorrow. I'm. I have two podcast interviews. I'm doing one. She's in New York. The other, she's over in Luxembourg. Europe. So this is a real treat to sit here in this nice warm massage room because every time I'm in here, it's, oh, you have a great, it's a great room because you walk in here and, oh, I'm here for a massage. Yes. There's no bright lights. You have piano music playing. People want to find out more about you. Where can they go? They can go on the internet to grounded.massagetherapy.com or they can find me at Nick's Pro Fitness. So I'll put this in the description below yes. also. 
because Angela and I talk a lot about marketing. I do a lot of marketing and you do a lot of marketing for your business also. We have similar aspirations, getting more clients and getting more notoriety and how to use social media in the most effective way possible for that. So we'll put that down below and I'm so glad we could do this. I came down to the gym today and I filmed a little bit. We did some training, and then we came in here and did a podcast. I mean, that's a wonderful afternoon right there. It's been a fantastic afternoon. And you get to go have dinner. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to drive home and see Addie. <laughs> and uh, everyone, thanks so much for listening. This is now the Sean Vig podcast, formerly Fitness Unleashed with Sean, which never really sounded right to me. But so is life. We, we try things, we do different things, see what works. Now just type in my name and it will come up on all the platforms. If you've been enjoying this podcast, please give it a good review. Leave a comment below. Please share it on your social media. You can tag me at Sean Vig Fitness. And is that about it? Okay, I don't have my notes in front of me, so I'm, I'm all spaced out. I think I'm ready for dinner. But thanks so much for listening. Keep checking back. And if you want to learn more about me, you can always check out SeanVeagFitness.com where you can download my free fitness app, browse my collection of fitness books, and uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel. And I look forward to coming at you next time. And, oh, wait, I have to. <laughs> there it goes. We've been talking about 40 minutes already. There it is. My stomach is growling. Oh, we're so hungry. All right. Well, thanks for listening, my friends. We'll see you next time. (laughs) Thank you.